Well, Church Unlike a Concert is all about participation. It's all about involvement. It's all about sharing. That's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, as a church, we want to get everybody in on what God's doing in the earth. How many know God wants to do something great in and through all of our lives? In fact, all of us are called to make a difference. And I really believe right now there's a search. You know, people are looking for connection. People are looking for hope and they're looking for meaning. And we as a church have the ability to bring that to people's lives through what Jesus has done in our own lives. And, you know, if there's a time, never, there's never been a time like now for a live church. This world needs an alive church that's full of the power and the presence of Jesus to come and minister to people's lives. And, you know, I love the fact that Jesus builds His church. And Jesus wants to build His church, come on, in this city and in this nation. And right now we're welcoming in our other locations, but in every location I want you to lift your hands to Jesus. Because we need to pray for the church that it'll be a bright, shining light in these days. You know, the church carries a message of hope, carries a message of peace, it carries a message the only message that can transform the human heart. And that's why we, we need to declare this message. That's why we can't be a hidden group of people on the edge of society. We need to be a, a light that shines brightly. And just for 20 seconds or so, can we just lift our, our voices and, and pray? Come on, we need to pray for our city and for our nation that the hope of Jesus would be made known to people's hearts today that the love of Jesus would push back darkness, would push back fear. Come on, would push back the things that the evil one would try and use to keep people in bondage. Well, right now, we thank you, God, that we carry your presence. We carry, we have an anointing from the Holy One. Oh, and we thank you, Lord, you're building your church. Lord, to bring change, to bring hope, to bring life. And we pray this morning you do a work in us and you do a mighty work through us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Tunti, never say, You have a part to play. You have a part to play. You have a part to play. Take your seat. Come on, we all have a part to play. This is the one another's. And and this, this series is really about helping people's ecclesiology. And what that simply means is their understanding of what the church is and, and their role in it. And how many know we all have a part to play? That's why 59 times in the Bible it talks about their one another's. It talks about loving one another, serving one another, honoring one another. Come on, it, it, it talks about looking after one another. And it's the one another's that actually cause the church to, to move forward into everything that God has for it. I, I don't know about you, but I, I have a vision you know, that, that my life is going to bring impact and the peop- with the people I come into contact with on a daily basis. Because when I read my Bible, I see that uh, discipleship is not a program. Discipleship, if we're to grow as a disciple, if we're to become more like Jesus... Discipleship is not, not, not a program I attend. Discipleship is about a relationship that I have. 
And I found that people uh, disciple people, not, not programs. Many people think, oh, well, a program disciples a person. No, I can give them information, but ultimately, you know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to disciple our world. Uh, we're, we're, we're called all to, you know, bring change in our world. That's why, you know, each and every one of us should have a, a vision that, that our life can make an impact on somebody else because of what Christ has done in us. And this morning, I want to take you to a key passage of Scripture that many of you will know. It's found in Matthew chapter 22. And I, oh, I just want to unpack a, a few thoughts from this this morning that maybe will give you a different look on your life. In Matthew 22, verse 35, it says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him the question, testing him. I mean, no, a lawyer is always going to test you. You It says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with and all your mind. Uh, we didn't get everyone saying that, so uh, come on, we're going to do that again. It says, you shall love the Lord with and, and, and it says, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the standard you're to love people with as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, now, how many growing up had to do a book review? You know, growing up, and how many would cheat on their book review and just read the, the back or a summary and not read the whole book to do their book review? You know, here is Jesus giving us a little bit of a cheat, you know, an in. He's saying, hey, you know all the law and the prophets? You know, all those books? You know, this is what it hangs on. Hangs on these two commands. You know, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, it's, it's like relationship with God and people, that's the top button. You know, if you're doing up your shirt in the morning, how I many know you start with the top? If you start in the middle, you're in danger of getting them out of line, and, you know, you have to restart. But your, your top button of your Christianity is about, you know, your relationship with God and your relationship with people. Because what you've got to understand about you know, God is God rules through relationship. That's how He rules. Many people today, they like rules. You know, people, what are the rules? In fact, the teams, what are the rules of the team? You know, organizations, families, businesses, you know, they operate in a lot of ways by, by rules. But, but God wants relationship. More, more than rules, because rules require obedience only. That, that's what they require. Re- relationship requires there to be a willingness. And they're, 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 it requires a want to. See, when, when willingness is flowing in your life, obedience will never be an issue. Uh, it's like there's a willingness to do it. You know, if Kathy asks me to do the dishes and I just go, well, I'll do it if I have to. How many know I'm not putting money in our relational bank account? You know, I'm not doing it if I'm doing it because I have to do it. But if I do it, yeah, I'll do that for you. I love you. Yeah, I'll do that. And there's a willingness. How many know I'm putting money in that bank account? 
And, and you know, the problem is in a lot of places, many, many of us still operate by rules. In fact, houses that have a whole lot of rules are there normally to compensate for where there's a lack of relationship. Because you can't be obey beyond your willingness. And God doesn't want you to obey. Oh, well, I'll go to church if I have to. You know, He doesn't want you to obey gritting your teeth. Well, you know, they told me to serve, I'll do that. He wants a willingness to come from our life. In fact, the Bible says it's the willing and the obedient who eat the good of the land. Now, notice it's not just the obedient. It's the willing and the obedient. And and today, you know, I, I really want us to hone in on this the, the second commandment, because, you know, we, we live in a world where everybody's selfish. Is that true? You know, don't look at me like you've never been selfish before. You know, our world naturally gravitates towards self. And so when we hear, come on, uh, reach out to one another, you know, we, we, we filter it through our selfish lens. And, you know, we, we talk about it, but many of us don't do anything with it. But I like the second command because it gives us instruction on how we're to do it. It says, here, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, now the first command is unconditional. Yeah, it's unconditional. It's with everything, with all your heart, with all your mind, you know, with, with all. But the second command is conditional. Now, now you can't fulfill the law and the prophets just on the first command. Well, I'll just love God. It's not the deal. That, that deal is not on the table. How, how many know loving God is easier than loving people? It's not hard to love God. He's perfect. He's incredible. Love God. Yeah, man, I love God. But them? How many know loving people is a challenge? Especially the ones who annoy you. Especially the ones who frustrate you. You know, it's like many people today, you know, they proclaim to love God, but they keep away from people. But I challenge to say, loving God does not shape you in the same way that loving people does. And and the second command, and I heard it said this way once, it says, you know, the second command could be said this way. My greatest gift to you, my greatest gift to you is a healthy me. Because Jesus here, he said, what I want you to do is I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So my greatest gift to you is a healthy me. In other words, I need to work on me. See, our greatest gift is not working on them. Because that's what some of us want to do. We just want to work on them. And that's why we post a whole lot of social media posts about them. It's all about them. You know, we need to work on them and them. But here, this is more about working on us. How many know if everybody worked on themselves, uh, the world would be a better place? You know, if we worked on us, we don't work on us for us. We work on us for them instead of working on them. See, and here it's, it's saying, well, it's not enough just to love vertically. Now, now, notice this. God said to Adam, it's not good to be alone. But Adam wasn't alone. He had God when God said that. And God said that he was alone, knowing that he had him. 
You follow me right now. Some of you are going, oh, there's it. You know, he said, you know, he's designed us to live in community. And it's not good that, that we remain alone. You know, the first is we love God with everything that we have, with all our hearts. But the second command, the second, which, you know, both, on both of them hangs the law and the prophets, you to love them like you love yourself. Well, Jesus even took it one step further. Hey, I want you to love your neighbor as I have loved you. That, that's a whole nother dimension of love. You know, here's the thing. Many people today come to church and go, well, I love God, but I don't like church. I don't like this church deal. But in the end, you can't love God and hate your brother. You can't love God and not love what, what he's part of. People who try to walk with God and walk without people in the end are alone. And they live distant and lonely and disconnected. You know, by not working on them, but by working on me, you know, what happens though is then I become a benefit to them. You know, I, I become a benefit. And, you know, in, in the world today, you know, I, I think there's too much. It's so easy, you know, and recent, we need to do this. And, and it's all about them. But if everybody who calls himself a believer in Jesus just became more loving, yeah, wow. how many know we would benefit them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what the world right now needs to see. You know, the, the, the second commandment isn't about sorting others out. It's, a, it's about sorting me out. Because if I became a better disciple, by nature then, I would have influence on the world around me. How many know wherever Jesus was, people gathered around him? People wanted to be around him. And what you've got to understand is we carry Jesus. And, and so if we're, we're becoming more and more like Jesus, people in our world will be drawn to us by nature, not by force. And, and, and that's why we've got to have a vision to become a, a better disciple and follower of Jesus. Come on, how are you doing with that? How are you doing when it, when it comes to your walk with Jesus? Are you being transformed into His image day by day? Are you more loving and caring than what you were yesterday? Because that's the challenge for you and I, if we want to change the world, it's about you and I being conformed into the image of Christ. But how many know, you know, if you're more like Jesus, just by nature, you start sharing with the people in your world. So it's not a program. It's just, it just oozes out of you. You know, when people press you, you know, it just flows from you. It's like joy. You know, there's a song we sung this morning. You can't steal my joy. It's like Christians, I believe, give testimony to Jesus when they go through trials and they keep their joy. Yeah, that's why James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Joy is a weapon. Joy shines a light. You know, if you're going through something, you know, I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. Come on, I know God is working for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me in Jesus' name? And we've got to see, you know, as we become greater followers of Jesus, you know, it's there we have an impact on the world around us. You know, the people you know, can work on others without working on themselves. If they do that, eventually what happens is you make withdrawals from an empty bank account. And you create a contrary flow or a violation. Because this is the law here, you can only love people as you love yourself. Some of you are saying, well, I don't like myself. 
Well, you need to learn to love you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he died on the cross, giving his life for you. He loves you this morning. And you need to start to love yourself. See, see what happens, I was, I was reading actually this week, just the owner of Chick-fil-A, uh, who's a Christian. Chick-fil-A, uh, if you travel to the United States, is um, a fast food outlet. How many have ever tasted Chick-fil-A? Uh, it's unbelievable. It's good food. And uh, for years, I'm not sure if they still don't open on Sunday, but Sundays, but for years they didn't open on Sundays. And, uh, you know, just the testimony of uh, this man, one man who's followed God and how God's used him through this fast food chain is unbelievable. But one of their mottos is that it says, if we become better, our customers will demand that we become bigger. If, if we become better, our customers will demand that we become bigger. So, so in the end, you know, bigness is not the goal. What the goal is to become better. And if every Christian, take this in a Christian context, became better, how many know the church would grow bigger? Because everybody would want in on it. I, I want to say, who's drawn to your life right now? Who's drawn to the Jesus in you? Because if Jesus is working in you, by nature, you know, you'll be a better person. And because you're a better person, you'll have answers to the world around you, and people will be drawn to you. Uh, the story, here's the thing. The story of a healthy marriage is, is healthy individuals. You know, it's two individuals that are whole. As the expression goes, two halves in marriage don't make a whole. Two holes make a whole. In businesses, businesses go forward when there's, when there's growing people. When people are just, uh, we're, we're going to grow. Kids, healthy kids, the story of healthy kids is actually healthy parents. Because they don't pass on the dysfunction of, the, of their past. They create environments where issues are dealt with. You know, in the end, the church's greatest gift to the world right now is authentic, growing relationships. It's not good sermons. It's not good music. It's authentic, growing relationships. That's what the world is looking for right now. And that, where does that come from? That comes from a healthy me. If I'm healthy as a person, then, I, then, then I'll start to form and bring health to the relationships in my, in my life. See, what you've got to understand is when we stop growing, we have a use-by date. And, and what, what happens is people go off, just like your milk in the fridge and your yogurt. You know, it, goes, it goes off. And, and when people stop growing, that they cease to be whole. And, and, and when people go off, what, what they produce then goes off. You know, the fruit of their life. Because after all, you know, if there's a, a bad piece of fruit, it's because the tree's bad. You know, come on, if there's a manifestation that, that's contrary to, to, to God's purpose and, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, in the end, you've got to look at the tree, not the fruit. You don't change it by, by commanding the fruit to be better. You, you look at where the tree's planted. 
you, know, you look at where, where, where it's been nurtured from. Yeah, and, and what happens is when people try to relate to God, but uh, avoid planting in people, namely the church, what happens is they don't flourish in life. Now, there's a flourishing that takes place from being planted in the house of God, from, from being planted not in an organization, but in relationships. Yeah, and relationships, that's what church is all about. It's about connections. It's about relationships. You know, that's why we often say significant ministry flows from, come on, can we hear that? Significant ministry flows from, I've seen you know, people who are inconsistent and don't have a pattern of attending church. It's like, you know, they don't flourish over time. You know, they focus on many other things, but, but, but it's like they don't flourish in the things of God. You know, I, I need this environment. I need to be in church. Why? Because I leak. I, I leak all the time. You know, I, I get bombarded with things that bring fear to my life. You know, I get things, you know, materialism comes in and, you know, it gets me to focus on me, my, what I own, what I, you know, it, it's so easy to become selfish. You know, it's easy to focus on stuff that doesn't have eternal value. And that's why I need this environment. Because it keeps me aligned. It keeps me centered. That's why I need to be in the house of God. That's why I need to read my word daily. I need, it. I need to be in church twice on a Sunday because I leak. Yeah, I, I leak. You know, I, I appreciate this environment. And being planted in the house of God keeps me attached to where there's life. And that's where, where flourishing begins to take place from. You know, I've got a big concern in a lot of places is some parents, you know, have been in church all their life and then they get casual in their attendance with church. I'm going, what are you saying with, to your kids? You know, you know, what are you saying to your children? And they wonder why their kids don't settle in kids' programs and different things like that. I reckon that's dangerous. Because we need to be planted in people and we need to actually communicate to our children a value for the house of God. Because, uh, uh, come on, uh, we live in a world right now where many messages are coming. Many messages are coming, trying to take us off center, take, uh, trying to take us somewhere else. And we need to keep planted in the house of God. Come on, uh, in the end, yeah, sport's all good, but don't make sport a God. Yeah, in, in, in the end, if they're good, any good at sport, it's only going to last a few years. Come on, sow into your kids something that's going to have eternal value. You know, my daughter's good at sport, plays rep netball, but I make sure, even when she's playing rep games, that she's in the house of God once a day. Now, I'm not legalistic when it comes to Sunday, but I am wanting to establish a value in her life when it comes to the house of God. Being in the house of God is an important thing. Come on, I'm your pastor right now. I'm loving you. Yeah, this is loving you right now. I've got a big concern right now that, you know, even parents being around used to be in church twice on a Sunday when they grew up, but now they're once a Sunday people just simply because, you know, it's like I've got my feet, I've got what I need, but your kids need it. Come on, we need to raise the next generation up in the ways of God. Train a child up in the way that they shall go, and they will not depart in their latter years in Jesus' name. Yeah, here's the thing. In marriage, trust is everything. Trust is everything. It's not just that they, won't, uh, that they won't be unfaithful. Trust in a marriage. Where marriages fall apart is, is when there's, there's no trust that the other person's going to grow. You know, have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, man, you've grown? 
you know, man, you've grown. It's like, man, you've changed. You know, our reply to that should be, I hope so. You know, I hope I'm not the same person I was five years ago. Come on, I, I hope so. Sometimes people say, oh, man, you've changed. You know, oh, they've changed. Well, I hope so. I, I hope they've grown. And, and trust in the marriage is when, when, when you trust that the other person's going to grow. Uh, where problems happen is when one grows and the other stays stationary. Uh, that's why together, is, uh, come on, we're going to grow. We're, we're going to grow into the image of Jesus. We're, we're going we're, we're to challenge ourselves in the things of God. We're not going to be complacent. We're going to move forward. And then in the end, you know, our greatest gift, the greatest gift to the world around us is a healthy me. Is a healthy me. Now, this is a law. It's not an opinion. So if we break it, you know, we violate this. See, people who treat others better than they treat themselves end up in an emotional deficit. Yeah. How many know the need in our world is huge? It's massive right now. But, but I love Jesus because... You know, even there were times where he'd get, a, get away to be by himself. Yeah, so he could tap into the mainframe. So, so he could download stuff. So yeah, wow. when he was around wow. people, then he had something to give. Some of us right now, uh, we're, we're giving, we're giving, giving, but we're not tapping into the mainframe. Wow. And, and we wonder why we're dry. Yeah, you know, you've you, you got to have that space with Jesus. See, if I'm generous to you but stingy to myself, I violate this law. And what I suffer from is Judas syndrome. See, Judas syndrome, it was like, you know, the person with the alabaster box broke it, you know, and, and Judas was so upset. You know, we knew the context. It was, you know, he was taking money from the treasury and he, it was, what, he was saying, this is a waste. The amount of money that was worth and you broke it in this moment. Now, all that money, that could have been used and given to the poor. Now, but what he was really saying was, whenever somebody is generous, it's normally to my loss. And so if they're generous, and, and what we do is we start blaming the person with the alabaster box. And we get angry and I'm angry at you because you're kind to yourself and I'm not to me. Some of you, you don't like yourself. That's why you fill your time with people. And unless you like yourself, you'll never be able to love people. Come on, some of you need to make friends with yourself. Today, honestly, because, you know, the enemy's come in and condemns you. And you're living under this condemnation. And some of you need to make friends with yourself and say, oh, you're actually a nice person. You know, people get mad at others. You know, as, as, as simply sometimes it's like, well, I'll never do that for myself. You know, one thing we're in is we're in this for the long haul. And you can only love people like you love yourself. See, what I haven't learned, get this, what I haven't learned to celebrate in other people's lives 
I can't, I'll say that again. What I haven't learned to celebrate in my life, I can't celebrate in yours. What I haven't learned to celebrate in my life, I can't celebrate in yours. See, here's the thing. What you don't confront in your own life first, you'll never confront in others. Uh, what, what you don't challenge yourself in, you won't, you won't challenge others in. You know, even to the level of generosity. You know, people often won't be generous to others at the, where they haven't treated themselves to the same level. To what you show yourself. Yeah, and what we're going to see is, is that by loving ourselves and, 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 and focusing on, you know, God doing a work in us, we then begin to change others. Now, now I want to play a video that I played on Vision Sunday of a swarm of starlings. You know, this, this swarm's beautiful because uh, what church is, it's simply a swarm of ind- individuals. It's not, you know, a, it's not just an organization, as some people view it. It's more than that. And, and it's these birds, if we could play the video uh, right now, you know, coming in, they, they have movement and and, and they move together, but they're, they're individual birds, thousands upon thousands of individual birds. Is, is this coming up? Here we go. Is, is coming up on the screen soon, on the side screens. Here, here, thousands of birds just moving together, all in unison. They do it with little noise. You know, in fact, there's not a commander bird going, go left or go right. You know, that they all just take lead from the, the close relationships that they have around them. But, but yet they're connected as a whole, and they're able to move as a whole. You know, I reckon this is a great picture of the church. You know, I love the fact in some ways, no, I'm praying for a home building, but, you know, I, I think, you know, the fact that we move from venue to venue proves that, 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 that there's more happening here than just an institution. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are a movement of people, and, and, and we move together. But it's a whole lot of individuals. The problem in many places is, is a lot of people have a one-dimensional view of church. But I want to say the church is beautiful because it has many facets to it. And, and the church isn't meant to just be one-dimensional. You know, I want to get a little bit Steve Graham on you right now. Okay, is that all right? Steve Graham. In fact, I'm going to use something he's done with our leaders. But I, I believe this is a concept that, that we all need to get our head around because uh, otherwise we will misjudge things if we only view the church through one lens. Um, there's many metaphors that are used for the church. You know, it's a family. It's an army. You know, it's the bride. You know, Steve talks about, you know, from a passage of Scripture found in Philippians chapter 2. If we put that Scripture up, he's talking about Aphrodite and he didn't view Aphrodite through one lens. He, he talked about Aphrodite in, in Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 25. It says, Yet I considered it necessary to send Aphrodite, listen to this, my brother, my fellow worker, and my fellow soldier. So, so when it came to the, the people in his life, he viewed them, uh, he was a brother, yeah, yeah. He, he was a co worker, and, and he was a soldier. You know, he viewed one person many ways. The problem in a lot of places is a lot of us have a one-dimensional view of church. And we, what we do is we overextend metaphors. You know, well, church is family. Yes, it is. But it's also an army. 
and, and it's also a bride. But, but we overextend metaphors and we, we view it through one lens and, and we, we, we actually hinder God, God's purpose working. And, you know, if we talk about three metaphors, pictures, you know, he's saying I'm, I'm a brother, sister, friend, but also I'm a co-worker and I'm a fellow soldier. In other words, I have community. There's a community aspect of church. But how many know church actually has to have a corporate function? It needs to be organized, but then also... You know, there's a cause side of church. We're on mission, where we have a mountain to take. You know, if you like the belonging side, that's the heart of the organization. But, but there still needs to become organization. And there needs an inspiring vision of those things. You know, there's three metaphors there. And I like how Steve has crystallized it. You know, church, there needs to be a place where you can belong, you can build and you can battle. Come on, can we say those three words? We need to belong, so build and, and battle. And, and the two questions that, that, that Steve has asked in many settings is, is, is what, what happens if you don't have one of them? What if you don't have this? Or what if you only have this? Okay, if, if we could put the slides up, you know, on the screen, you know, belong. If, if you don't have this, what happens? Well, if you don't have uh, belong, if, go through the next slides. If we can move. Next slides, next slides. If you don't have this, what happens? If you only have this, what happens? Next, go, next slide. I'm not good at being Steve. Here we go. Uh, but I think this is it. People don't feel connected. If you don't have belong, people don't feel valued. If you don't have this, people feel used. Now, but what happens if you only have this? If you only have this, you know, you feel like you're doing a good job because you're friendly, you're caring, you're loving people. But what happens is people get frustrated because there's a lack of organization. And, and people feel their time's not being valued. And, and you lose respect because there's disorganization. Now, now that's the belonging side. What about the build side? The build side, what happens you know, if you don't have this? Well, people get frustrated because things aren't organized. People feel like their time's not be valued and you lose respect. But what happens if you only have this? You know, you feel like you're doing a good job because you've got everything organized. But if you're only doing this, there's no heart to it. It's just not fun. It's dry. Because there's no relationship and it's not inspiring. Yeah, and that's why you get frustrated, you know, because it's all, all about the build. There needs organization. But then the churches are all about the battle side. So, so what about battle? If you, you don't have this, what, you know, what happens is you, you go, well, we're doing all this, but what's it all for? People don't have a sense of purpose and mission, and it's all a little boring. But how many know if you only have battle on the focus side, it's like, you, you feel like, you know, if you only have this, what happens is people get aspired initially, but they get disillusioned because there's no back-end organization to it to sustain the vision. And in the end, they feel used and not valued. And that's why we've got to see church from, from multiple lenses. And I believe there's a lot of conjecture out there right now. Well, the church isn't this and the church isn't that because they've overextended a metaphor. But what we're going to see is a church is a place to belong, 
a church is a place to build, and a church is a place where we can battle. And we've got to view our relationships in that vein. Some of us as well, well, yeah, we're connected. But how many know, you know, some friends that you're friends with, you don't want on your sports team. They're good people, but they're disorganized. And they won't show up to practices on time. And they don't, yeah, just because you've got relationship with them doesn't mean you actually want to progress. And, 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 and in, in our relationships, what we've got to ask ourselves is, okay, what's the lens I tend to f- view things through? Because some of us will view it more through the belong. Some of us will view it through the build. Some of us will view it more through the battle. And where do I need to strengthen how I look at the church as a whole? Because, you know, if we're to grow, we need to become better in the areas where we're weak. And we need to strengthen those areas. Come on, how many believe we're a swarm of people who who can bring change to this world? But the change happens, not by working on everybody else, but by working on us. How I want to share that picture because I think some of us, you know, in, in a way, we're, we're limited and we get frustrated at others. Why aren't they doing this? You know, you even see on social media this week, you know, why aren't the Christians doing this? You're viewing things just through one lens and, and we have no right to get upset at other Christians. What we've got to do is we've got to start working on ourselves. We're working on ourselves, and as we work on ourselves, we can then love the people around us. And by nature, not by force, by nature, we will have an impact on the world around us. Come on, God doesn't rule through rules. He rules through relationship. And what He wants in our heart more than anything else is a willingness. A willingness to say, hey, I'm prepared to go on a journey. And God, I'm going to let you identify the areas in my life where I'm selfish. God, I'm, I'm going to let you speak into my heart on the areas that I need to overcome. God, I'm going to allow you to even put people around me who are going to challenge me. God, I'm going to plant myself in a community. I'm going to plant myself I'm not just going to attend, but I'm going to plant myself in a community that, that I might flourish. Come on, this is what God's designed. This is, this is how God's designed it. The church, beautiful. You know, the fact of the matter is the church over centuries has been ugly in many places. But I love what God is doing right now. He's beautifying His bride. He's preparing His bride. And it's easy to point out what the bride needs to work on. But maybe you and I could be the answer in presenting a beautiful bride to a world around us. Come on, how many want to be part of the answer? Come on, as I said at the start, we all have a part to play. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, you have a part to play. You have a part to play in this, in Jesus' name. How about standing to your feet right where you are? Thank you, God. What are we to love God with all of our, all of our, 
and all of our mind. All, all. How many love Jesus here? I'm looking for a little bit more of a response. How many love Jesus here? Come on, if you, you love Jesus, you can't be quiet about it. Can't be shy about it. If you love Jesus, man, I love Jesus. I love it. He's changed my life. But second command is, come on, I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Come on, I, I want you to reach out to the people in your world. My greatest gift to you is a healthy me. I'm gonna work on me so I can be a blessing to, to everyone around me. Connor, if you're just saying, God, I want your help in this. I want you to lift your hands just right where you are. Just, just, I want your help. You know, the last thing I wanna do is just preach messages and we go home the same as we came in. You know, I'm saying, God, you need to work on me. I wanna shine brighter. I want my life to reflect you. To work in me, God. God, I desire you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now you're in this place. Just where you're standing, I, I want you to access heaven. You can do that just by believing in your heart. And I believe the presence of God is going to come. And He's going to speak. He's going to whisper in people's ears. Some things that people need to do need to change. And in the end, you thought, no, do I have to? But I I believe a a fresh willingness is going to come to people's lives. Which is going to help them overcome. Which is going to help them grow. Come on, if you want to grow this morning, just keep lifting your hands right now. Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Create an environment where we all can grow, where we can be conformed into your image. Lord, help us become more like you each and every day. Lord, attitudes, Lord, that don't represent you. Lord, behaviors, Lord, right now that are, that are contrary to your purpose. Lord, Lord, we repent from them. We address them in our life. Lord, help us, Lord, to show your love. Help Help us to, to, to be people who, who, who represent you, we pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, that would find something in you this morning. Lord, you are the source of life. You are the hope of the world. In Jesus' name.